Today, we have a very interesting topic to discuss that no doubt will have you pondering long after this show is over. I'm sure you all have your opinions and first impressions when it comes to dumpster diving, especially the phrase dumpster diving. Dumpster diving is not only what some would see as a desperate measure of survival, but it's also a movement. If you haven't heard about the everyday people who have the choice to walk into a grocery store through the front door, yet decide there is another way. Let me introduce one of those people to you today. Here with me is Nathaniel from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He's 30 years old, has a degree in choral music, is a licensed K-12 educator, and lives with his spouse and friends in the city. Nathan, would you call yourself an environmentalist or would that be a generalization? It's probably a generalization. I think I'm maybe a reasonable person. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, sure, why not? I, I'll take, I take a lot of labels, so I'll take that one too. If, if it's, it's not well, the worst one I can think of. It's not the worst one you can think of. And I think, <laughs> I think what we need to talk about is this is an important issue, the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. If we if we aren't giving uh, if we aren't giving a usable planet, a livable planet to six generations from now, then we pretty much have uh, failed. Yes, absolutely. And so, what was the motivation? So, you do you call yourself a dumpster diver, or is there another term that you prefer? Um, like food, like foraging, urban foraging is a nice yeah, term. I like that term. Like obviously, colloquially, we always say you know, going for a dive or something like right. that nature. This uh, language is fun, but depending on where you are, it's important to introduce it in a different way. I don't really mind the stigma. Sometimes it's pretty handy. You say, well, yeah, I dumpster dive. And you get an U factor, and then it gives you a chance to explain because you've sort of astonished someone for a, for a moment. Some people say that uh, I, I eat from the anus of the industrial food system. Which, he takes a drink of his tea. <laughs> which this is uh, this is uh, foraged mint, uh, so and a little hot water. Okay, see, this is uh, Nathaniel. You have me intrigued. <laughs> you really do. You do. And, and I just like this is so great because there is a stigma, and mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, I, I don't like labeling. I don't think it's fair. I, you know. We label everybody all the time and I, I, you know, just helps put people into categories. And in, sure. and in this instance, what I, what I like to have the conversation around is saying, yeah, you know, dumpster diver seems like it is this scrounging and hardship and whereas mm-hmm. urban forager sounds right. like I would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, um, I, I like I also want to affirm your stereotype that that person exists uh, and there are certainly lots of people for whom food security is a huge issue probably the number one life issue for them uh, oftentimes that comes in conjunction with drug use it's a chicken and egg question about those two things a lot of times or homelessness people are often experiencing that at the same time so I'm well aware that uh, the company that I keep is not society's favorite group of people but uh, I, I don't think they're any less valuable be- because they don't fall on someone's A-list. 
so yeah, the, the scrounging part, that's real. Some people are confused when they, when they come to Canada about how our food system works. So I've, I've, uh, one time I met an elderly woman and what I presume was her granddaughter uh, outside of a garbage bin and they were waiting in a running vehicle in the middle of winter and I was curious. So I sort of approached slowly. I was like, are they just, you know, watching? What are they doing? Did they what throw they... somebody in there? <laughs> yeah, what? I have no idea what's going on. Uh, and then I, so I hopped in, uh, turned my headlamp on, I hopped in and um, there's a lot of okra and eggplant and those types of things, like the long eggplant. Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing is you get oodles of something, right? You get a lot of quantity of one thing. Usually you have to do a little sorting. So in this case though, um, I'm, I'm in there, I'm looking at what's in the dumpster and this woman gets out of her car sort of timidly and walks over and says, hello. And I thought, I bet she wants food. So I said, do you like eggplant? And she just nodded. Aww. So I, it became like, uh, pretty apparent that her English wasn't that good. First of all, she also maybe was having trouble finding food. Uh, this is someone who had a vehicle, had a family, uh, probably didn't appear to be outside of the norm in any way. So I just start throwing eggplant and okra and everything out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Grab a, here's a box. You yeah. hold it there. I will right? fill it. Uh, and then, so then, then she, she left. I haven't, that's the only time that I've had that particular situation happen, but I'm sure that, uh, the people who are, are sort of getting the, 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 um, the waste and reusing it are a, a wide variety of people because I keep meeting, I keep meeting more. I mean, excellent story. Great way to just round it out. It's like, right, this is real. Would you say it's a safer way? Like how, let's start pulling some okay. of these, um, stigma or misperceptions, whatever I have, let's start doing Is it that. safer than what? Well, I don't think, and you're, I know you'll change my mind, but I haven't ever thought it was a safe way of doing something to go in a dumpster and get yeah. food. Yeah, because right. My thought is someone's thrown, you know, um, Bleach Compost and bleach or whatever, or yeah. Dirty diaper, or you know, um, maybe yeah. someone was, you know what I mean? Like, and so, totally. yeah. So that's the that the France story is that there were several people who got poisoned because they were eating food from a dumpster, and the employees were instructed to pour bleach on the food to prevent that. Uh, so France has implemented since a, a, they have outlawed they they put a fine on mm -hmm. food waste from grocery stores. Uh, whether or not that's the best model, we can have that conversation as well. But um, is it safe? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, wear it's a, like it's a I wear, question my mother asked me to, this morning when she was talking. No, about it. no, it can't be safe. I wear I wear gloves. I wear leather gloves, um, insulated leather gloves. I wear uh, shoes, uh, always long pants, long sleeves, and I look through carefully. I mean, there's a couple things to really think think about. Yeah, all waste goes into a dumpster. Most yes. of the time, the dumpster is very clean. Uh, because that waste is first in a bag, right? So oftentimes you open a dumpster, uh, and after you've done it for a while, you start to figure out which bags you want to open and which bags you don't. 
Uh, it's super handy if they're clear plastic, but most times it's just black. Um, but yeah, then you, you run into about everything. So you have to be prepared to, um, uh, keep things that are totally unsanitary and you don't want to be around away from things that you want to eat. Um, most, yeah, it's not, it's go ahead. Most people put, wouldn't mix food with the, like if you're in a grocery store, they're not going to take out the uh, washroom uh, garbage and put food no. in there too. No, no, no. What happens is this, you'll see, you know, you go through, you have your grocery stocker person, they go through the grocery aisle with a culling cart. They take a banana box and they find the red peppers that don't look perfect. They find a couple potatoes that have started to sprout and they fill a banana box um, with, an yeah. assortment of things from the from the uh, uh, produce section of the grocery store, and then they just go and toss that whole box in the garbage. Sometimes it lands right side up, so you can literally reach over the edge and take it back out again. And it's yeah, you need to use it in a couple days most times, um, but we're talking about cutting a small bruise off of an apple, or uh, maybe the tomato is split or something. It's it's they're purely aesthetic decisions that the grocer is making. And they're not uh, in any way going to harm you. Yes, though, you do run into food that is moldy or you run into um, uh, food that uh, has come in contact with rodents or something like that. And you, you need to be able to see those things just as any, I, I think, any reasonable person that is uh, owning a home. Like if you have your own food in your refrigerator, you need to be able to identify what can you use or what can you not use. Um, I I do think the general population is not very good at making that identification. Um, Let's talk about that. Sure. Why do you think that? Um, well, the amount of food waste uh, that is on the consumer end of things uh, depends who you ask, but there's a, um, a group value chain management international. They put that number at 47%. Right. I read that. Have you have you read their study? It's like twenty seven billion dollars revisited. That's <laughs> what it's, it's called. It's it's ridiculous at the amount of, and it's just even you know I've got it in my notes. Just mm -hmm. even the amount of money. That yeah. So let's do that money thing. Like let's they do, do value chain management international does quantifiable food waste. Yes. That means um, they. They're trying to figure out what goes landfill, composting, biodigestion, animal feed, but their study doesn't include things like catering waste, uh, so cruise ships. Right. It doesn't include any institutional food, uh, education system, hospitals, prisons. Um, so they, those are hard things to count, right? Because they get mixed in with a bunch of other things like napkins and whatever, and they're in the landfill before anybody can weigh it or something. Um, but they they sort of break it down. They give they give Farms, 10% of the waste, they give 20% of it to processing, whether that's washing or sizing or packaging, 4% um, in transport and distribution, 9% they put on restaurants and hotels, 10% on your retail, that would be your Safeways, your Walmarts, your Costcos, um, and then 47% consumer waste. The CBC put consumer waste at 25%. So it's hugely variable. But if you take 25% as a minimum and 50 as a max, 
then you realize that the, the individual is one, over purchasing, uh, two, Absolutely. not knowing what they're going to use when, uh, and, and three, then ending up throwing a lot of food away because they don't understand how to get it used in a timely fashion. So part of that is creativity, uh, knowing how to use something that you have, looking up a recipe, trying something new. Uh, and then another part of that I think is directly linked to the education we are provided by the, the industry surrounding food. They're using a psychological equation to sell food. That's what they do. Um, and so you're the recipient of that. Just like when you watch an ad for a Rolex, you think, man, a nice watch would be, that would really make my life better. When I become uh, successful, I'll get a Rolex. Yeah, and it will be diamond studded because then other people will know that I'm successful, which is, which is ridiculous. It's not true at all. Um, the only thing that it does is make society feel less good about itself. So that the idea that psychologically a stack of tomatoes sells more tomatoes than three tomatoes um, that will sit there all day, even if someone comes in saying, I should buy tomatoes, they'll see three and go, maybe there's something wrong with those three. It's just a weird thing that, that happens. True. Yeah. That's so, true. It's like, what was it? The bottom of the barrel? Like, what are we looking at here? Yeah. It's like, so. <laughs> it's so uh, weird. Yeah. Why do we do that? But that grocery stores. I absolutely, as the main shopper in my home, uh, that now that you say that, that affects you. You're changing my life. <laughs> so you're here's like, the here's what you're happens. Changing my life. This is uh, crazy. You have companies. Mm -hmm. They know this. They study it. They want to make money, so yeah. they want to find out about their consumers. This is the information they use. But instead of doing something like instructing a consumer. Or helping, you know, advertising claims that it is is education for, for the public, so that they can know what goods and services they want. But that's that's categorically false. It rarely does that. And stores also, they want to move more product, not teach you how to live better, because it's their financial interest. So if you do you that, have to stop there. I'm sorry. No, you say you that know. again. You that is <laughs> totally right. Yeah, if you do that, though, what happens is you, you end up teaching people that they should be buying extra three bananas just in case, right? And then, then so I, I take a little bit of issue with the 47%. Yeah, it might be okay. that a bunch of it comes from your house, but you're not entirely culpable for the decision that you made to buy it. You were in some ways tricked, I think. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's going to go a, lot, a long ways when my husband watches this and says, do you know what our grocery bill is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nathaniel, you would, you know, my grocery bill mm -hmm. is ridiculous. I'm sure it's pretty high. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't even you know said, if I can tell you. You said four kids and, and a spouse? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. How much uh, do you think I pay? Like weekly? Uh, no, I want to, I want to, I want, I know what I do weekly, but I okay. want you to just take a guess. I'm going to be vulnerable here. This is okay. really. So let's say, let's say you are, how old are your kids? That makes a huge difference. Okay. So 20, uh, okay. our daughter's 20. Okay. Our son is 18. Yeah. Our third son is. 16 and yeah. our littlest is nine. Okay. So I would guess you're looking at, you're almost probably at $500 a week. That's my, that's just a guess. Maybe I'm high, 
but you have a 20, it's 20 and 18 you're or something like high. that? You're not high. You're totally right. Yeah, $2, okay. $2,000 a month. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Here's, and, here's and, a fun and he thing. Says, and he says to me, what, what? And here's the thing. We are keenly aware of our waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Example, downstairs fridge, upstairs fridge. Right? right? Because yeah. here's what we don't want to do. We both work full time. We do not need to go to the grocery store all the time. So mm-hmm. we go to the big box store. We yes. buy a big box of pears. Yeah. Six you eat most eaten. of them. Good for you. Six get eaten. Three are damaged. The others are just sit there. Yeah. I yeah. feel bad about that. Yeah. It's how we do it. Yeah. And so on that bead of what you're talking about, like everything is sold, like cucumbers are sold in threes. And yeah. you know what? You're like, they're also individually wrapped in plastic often, which drives me bonkers. In, I know, I know. <laughs> now in the summer months, I go to my local farmer's market and I love that market. And I still overbuy there yeah. because I always think, well, they're going to be home for dinner. They're going to be home for lunch. They're going to need this. They're going to need that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it saving my time. Sure. But what I'm not thinking about, and this is what you are showing me. So there is a piece of me that's like, darn it, Nathaniel, why did you have to be the guest on the show today? Because you're showing me that there is some work here to be done. Because I'm focused on saving time. I'm not focused on the environment. I'm not focused on what is really important. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you said it, the grocery store doesn't teach us how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So the other, the, there's two other wow. parts to this. I think uh, personally, one thing that I do is I've just said out loud, yeah, it's okay if we run out of food, like at, at a dinner table, right? So there's 10 people at my house are having a, a dinner okay. and, and I'm going to feed these people. Uh, my spouse is from Mexico. So we like to make tortillas and, and, uh, you know, put some carnitas or something like that in it, like really good. Uh, but we're only going to make so much and everybody's going to have three. I can guarantee that. So I know that no one's going to be hungry. The last thing that we're dealing with right now is, is a scarcity of food, even though that's kind of our perception is that there's never going to be quite enough. Um, and so I, I come from a culture that loves to always have extra food of and, and my, my thing is, if someone says, oh, can I take the last of it? Well, duh. Yeah. Like, that means that we didn't waste anything. Everybody's happy. In fact, you might want another one, which kind of makes me feel good. Like, you actually liked the food that I made. Um, but, but no, it's, that's what we had right now. That's it. It's, it's done. This meal is over. If you want something else, you'll have to find something else. Okay, and that's, so, that's okay. And that is, you just... You just said it. You just said the thing that I've not ever said. It's okay, babies. If there isn't enough food to, uh, if we run out of food, it's okay if we run out of food because yeah. we're the fortunate people that could just go down the road. Yeah, you can grab more if you really, if you're really that hungry, you can get more. Yeah. So that's, I think that's something to just kind of be, if everybody did that, like if you change, they talk about gas prices, right? 1% change in the oil market like totally changes things that happen at the gas pump. The similar things happen to food markets. 1% change would alters all of the ordering 
like schedules all over the country. Yes, it does. Um, so that those small things end up making a lot of difference. Um, the whole value thing. So there's value chain management international says it's, it's around $30 billion of food, but they do this little iceberg thing. They say, okay, so food waste at the top of the iceberg, then you have the water level and then there's labor, energy, transport, inventory, infrastructure, disposal costs, other financial things and audits. Those all are underneath the water. Um, what does that add up to on the food that they could track? Not all the institutional stuff, which you know is a ton like right. kids at middle school going back with half their tray that they don't like the beef stroganoff. They're saying $107 billion annually in Canada. $107 billion annually. Yeah. And you were talking about, wow, we spend $2,000 a month on food. So like there are what 36 and a third million Canadians. Um, you know, you can start to do the math. If you're responsible for 47% of that waste, uh, the quantifiable thing that I just estimating is that you buy like $900 of food a year and you throw it directly in the garbage. Like not, not even, not even passing go just literally. Not even, yeah. You might as well, they might contribute, put the garbage in front of Sobeys. You walk out, you put yeah. in and you go home and yeah. you use the rest of it. But if you think wow. about the value chain cost, and this is important because it, it affects what the grocery store has to charge. So if you, if you think about the value chain cost, yep. you're at like three grand per year per alive Canadian. So $3,000 less that your food could cost if we were at, if we only took the, the consumer side of the waste out. And, and that would have a ripple effect. Now, that's, this sounds like really um, a grassroots type of movement where I'm expecting everybody to do something. But I always I want to hold sort of that in contrast with a whole bunch of other things. It's, um, it's not just the responsibility of an individual to do this. It's a whole societal thing. It's systemic. Um, but it starts, with, it starts with understanding that it is okay to not have uh, to run out of food. It's yeah, it's okay, okay to not have an excess. To not have this excess, like uh, I go to the store and I buy three so that I don't have to go. But then life happens mm -hmm. and one of those goes rotten and we always say, ugh. Shoot. Yeah. yeah and it becomes shoot. normalized too then. Like, oh, we just, there is, whatever. It's just what it is. No, it becomes uh, normalized because I go like this. Let me just go through the fridge before we go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> So, Let me what, just throw out everything before we go to the store and don't tell your father. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that this really pushes, though, if, you, if people start to do this, then you actually see the value of a, a nearby grocery store. Yeah. So we live, we live a two-minute walk from a small grocery store. They have everything you would need, right? They don't have a lot of choice. They have cilantro. That's pretty important to me. Um, it's important to me, so, too. They have a bunch of dry goods too. They have all your cleaning supplies. They're open till 11 p.m. Like it's crazy. It's just a small place. But it's what um, you need. It's and the it's basic, not, right? It's not as cheap as everything else. That's okay. true. Um, but if you think about not having to start your car, pretty much already makes it a zero-sum game. 
And then you get out and walk to your store at any time between 7 a.m. and 11 p.m. and pick up whatever you might need. So that means if we start cooking something and we need an ingredient, we can have five minutes. It's in the house. Right. Um, so then you start to think about, okay, if, if, I, if I am a patron of this um, smaller establishment, if I choose to pay $5.36 for a not-so-big block of cheese, I get those rewards in multiple ways, both financially for the community, because guess what? The owners of that grocery store, they just live down the street. That all works really well, too, whereas you have a, a large store come in, and I'm going to forget the the comparison, but they often say uh, uh, it's for every $20 you spend, this number of dollars disappears, not just goes into this, you know, provincial economy or right. goes in, it literally goes to the highest level of the, of the company. And they're doing whatever they can at their high income level to avoid taxes. Okay, fine. I, that's how they do things. Uh, but it, it gets sucked right out of the economy. But if you have someone, small business owner uh, in your community, your friend, you can help send their kids to university by buying their food at a couple cents more than somewhere else. Granted, that's totally a, a, a privilege-based thing to say. If, it was, uh, if, if I was hitting the bottom of the bank account all the time, uh, I imagine that I would think about this differently. So there is that piece. And I also say uh, when people talk to me about the finances of it, they say, wow, you must be saving so much money. I don't care. It's not about saving money. I really, really, really don't like uh, food waste. I really don't like things that are preventable. I tell people, look, and, and, this, this, this lettuce, yeah. uh, there's someone in California who bent yeah. over and pick this lettuce, you know, up out of the dirt. They cut it off with a knife and they picked it up. I will be, I'll be the last person to pick this lettuce up out of the dirt. Like I'm going to eat it because it just bothers me. It's, it's incredibly disrespectful. Um, it's wrong on so many levels. Sure. It saves some money. Great. Wow. I, okay. So, oh, wow. I've been yeah. doing this for a while. I've <laughs> no, and I just like, I really appreciate it. I, I, this is why I do this because I think, um, part of me has fallen asleep. I'm a, I'm a very conscious living mm -hmm. individual Sure. on many levels, not this one. Yeah. I and mean, I, I can't expect everyone to do everything. That's, that's, that's not reasonable. It isn't, but, but I'm going to say something though, if you're conscious, then the thing that you just said here has massive power. You said somebody in California bent down on their knees and they grabbed this piece of lettuce and they cut it and they put it in a box and mm -hmm. it came. And I am going to eat that lettuce because someone did that so that I could have it, mm -hmm. so that I yeah. could buy it. So that, that is a, an idea and a concept that I, it absolutely is obviously logical, <laughs> just slipped into a level of unconsciousness yeah. that now that you say it, now I have, I have to be responsible with what I've just heard. 
Right, right. And it's, this is why people maybe don't want to have this conversation with urban foragers because they're sure. like, okay, so if they say to me, now is Lori Clark going to put her shoes on and her workers' gloves and, and make a change? Yeah. I'm not sure. But <laughs> I don't expect no. you to. I don't at all. I don't you know at all. What? I know you don't. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, you've changed my life so much so that I'm going, I'm going to go jump in a metal bin with <laughs> some slimy lettuce. I don't think, Nathaniel, I'm going to jump in a metal bin. But, but what I am going to do is it will change the way I shop. And good, good. It, there's something about it. Now, can we move to... Okay, so you mentioned some, what you wear. I want to yeah. talk about the practicality of it now. So sure. what you wear, you say long pants and, uh, and gloves. Yeah, right. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm aware in the back of my head for some of that, that clothing stuff that uh, we do have, a, we have an opioid crisis in Canada currently. Yes. So like I, I am, I think, oh, broken glass. There might be some of that. But that's pretty obvious if someone throws a windshield in the dumpster. However, if someone just happens to just chuck their needle, I don't really want that needle uh, around me. So yeah, I'm like, I w I'm not advocating. It's not safe, right? Don't do this. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> but yes. the food, the food on the other hand, this is where you're going. What's the process with the food? Oh, so I'm going, you get in it, you, you get ready. You put, you put your gear on. Yeah. You said you got a little headlamp. Of course you do. Yeah, you need free hands. Right. <laughs> you can tell I haven't done this. That's before. okay. That's okay. Um, so headlamp goes on. Yeah. Free your hands. You scan the environment. You scan the bin. Yeah. Yeah. And then you step in. Yeah. Most of them are high enough that you actually have to climb in. So I have several different acrobatic moves depending on the bin size and shape. <laughs> you just like put a little trampoline on the outside and jump and then jump in. <laughs> no, no. Like, so there's, there's a couple different things. Most of them you can look into. So you okay. look in your scan and, and oftentimes there's a distribution of food in there. Uh, some of the grocery stores, there's quite a bit. So you're actually looking for the correct place to land. Like All right. you don't want to land in a box of bananas and like do the Mario Kart like, thing and hit banana the back bread. Of head. Now we're yeah. having banana bread, everyone. <laughs> yeah. With my, with my dumpster juice covered shoes, that's not going to go over well. So uh, you look for a place to land. That's pretty important. Um, and then, yeah, some of them, you know, you, you just pull yourself up and get a knee on the edge, swing one leg over and Boom. drop well, yourself in. Yeah. Okay, you drop in and then. Getting out is the hard part. There's no, usually on the way in, there's like, uh, you know, a piece on the dumpster you can step on. Yeah, I know. Or that. an edge where the, mm -hmm. where the uh, um, truck is going to pick it up to dump it. Yep. Um, the inside is just a slip and slide. Yeah. So, so like. You got to be, got to be good at getting back out. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I the thought goes to my mind like some poor, you know, person's walking with their little banana box that they've got, you know, all the bruised apples in. Yeah. Has it ever happened where you're in there and the next thing you know, you're covered in something? Uh, no, I've had friends who've had garbage thrown on them and it's pretty funny. The, the one person said the the employee of the store didn't know I was there. And so it was pretty funny to like, they just threw in a, in a bag of garbage and they heard the person coming. And so they just kind of laid against the front okay. of the, of the bin. So right. it opens up their headlamps off. No one has any idea they're there. And then a bag flies in, closes again. They turn the headlamp on and keep going. 
Okay, uh, so so that is the thing. <laughs> not an open container, really. So it is because the lids on those. I forgot. Well, that's water protection, right? So right. they want they get they pay by the by the lifted ton, right? Right. So you you want to. There's a whole bunch of reasons to have a lid on a dumpster, but one right. of them is so that it's not full of water. Right, or, and, or and then the other thing is that you know uh, if someone sees someone in there. Like it's a frightening experience if you're, you know, startling. You're not, yeah, I'm sure you're it's startling. Ready, for some people. You're not ready for that. Yeah. Um. So you're digging through and you're finding. What are you finding? You find. I think you would have trouble naming a product that I have not found. Really. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I think you'd have. I think you'd have trouble. Try something. Think of something bizarre that you might want to purchase in a store, and I'll tell you whether or not I found it. Uh, laundry detergent. Yep. Why? You asked Does it me? have an expiry date well, on it? Wait, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, sometimes what you'll find, like I found 11 Bud Lights once. I hate Bud Light, but... Uh, you drank it after that. Uh, no, I actually gave those away. I do a lot of giving away of food. Oh. Uh, I ran a food share. We moved, it was in a, it was actually in a church basement. Uh, they had an unused industrial refrigerator. And so we would just, we'd clean everything up. And then we would put all of the excess. Like, you know, you might find 20 watermelon. I can't do it. I cannot eat that much watermelon. Three, I can gorge myself and be sick, but, you know. 20, I, no. Yeah, so, it's not going to happen. So then we just moved that. that. So we moved was? several metric tons a year through that fridge while it was running. That was fun. What do you think that was, Nathaniel? 20 watermelons, for what purpose were they, were they thinking well, they were bruised or? Yeah, so there's this, there's this whole thing about... Uh, 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 the way grocery stores run is almost by the square inch. You have your shelving space, you have your floor space, and you need to stay above a certain amount of income per square inch. Uh, and so oftentimes grocery stores sort of estimate income per square inch or income per shelf space, whatever you want to say. And then as soon as a product drops below that, the rest of it just gets junked and it gets replaced by something that's going to have a higher margin. Uh, the longer it stays on the shelf, the less money it makes. Right, because it's taking up the space for something that might make up more money. Right, and sometimes it is that it's bruised or that it, you know, not every watermelon is a nice light green tiger stripe with dark green. Some of them have like a brown spot that was actually touching the earth where all our food comes from. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, and when it was growing, right. when it was growing, some of the soil that was feeding it uh, got, got it. yeah, got connected to it right and so when they pulled it off the ground it had a less uh, uv exposed part uh and that doesn't mean that it's a bad watermelon it just means that it's an actual watermelon right <laughs> i so so some of those things they're purely aesthetic wow. um and and it's i almost laugh um there's other things that get thrown away that we you know we don't really want to take like cheetos find a lot of cheetos wow we don't know why. uh candy is a huge one uh, and those things like chewing gum. Wow. I don't need that much chewing gum. I give away chewing gum every, for like the last, I don't know how many years of my life. Someone walks in, I ask them, do you need any gum? Like, it's just, there's more gum than anyone uh, needs. And is it this, and does it go, the question is, way? does it go bad? The answer is no, it might be harder to chew, but the expiration date on gum, the expiration date on candy, that's yeah, for moving it. It's for the yeah. speed of moving it across the shelf. Because psychologically, people see a date, they say, oh, that must be bad, or they don't question when it gets thrown away. There's like three date models, Best Buy, 
expiry and then unlabeled random. So if you get any of those things on your food, people seem to think that that means it's bad or it can't be eaten. And general, like a best buy date doesn't mean anything. All durable goods, canned items, they get like 90 day best buy dates sometimes. 90 days in a can, that's not even close to what it could do. So, so some of these things are just ridiculous. Uh, one of my favorites is bagged fruit. Bagged Gr- fruit. Bagged so like fruit. a bag of apples. Bag of clementines, bag of whatever. Yeah. So here's the grocery store policy. I don't understand why you cannot walk there. You've you found a bag of clementines with a smushed one? Yeah. Little, little smushy gross guy? Yeah. And I don't <laughs> the, buy it. The whole thing goes in the garbage. That's the no. only type of bag I use. I eat, I eat, we call them, we also call them dumpster dozen. Like I have a dumpster dozen eggs for you. That's between one and 12. It's not 12. It's going to be less. One is cracked, but it's, it's probably 11. It so, might be, it might be 12, but that's so not you, you would urge people. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I my. Would urge people. You no, would you can't, urge I can't people. urge them to buy that bag. Because the grocery store disincentivizes it. I've tried. I walk up with a bag of clementines. One is smushed. And I say, hey, can I get a discount on this bag? Any reasonable person would say a grocery store cashier should have a scanning thing for damaged item. 15%, 20%. They just get to make a judgment call up to 75%. They just pick one, scan it. You get the discount, right? No time involved. Easy peasy. I ask, can I get a discount? Uh, response is verbatim. Uh, I'll have to call my manager. <laughs> yeah, no, I just had that the other day. So when you're finding things like they say, don't, if you're going to forage, don't get dairy and seafood. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know if that's your principle. I mean, you probably wouldn't recommend that to other people because you don't want them to get sick, but but let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. I can't recommend anything. Of course, I'm not a food scientist. Nope. Um, but if, if I was going to list the things that I'm most afraid of um, out of the garbage um, in order, uh, they start with lettuce and other greens. Okay, so you didn't put seafood at the top of that list. So you said lettuce and other greens. Yeah, things that you don't wash with soap. And or things that you don't reach a minimum cooking temperature. I'm actually least afraid. This is going to be very surprising to most people. On the bottom of the list comes meat. But that's like at the top of the list. When For you're everybody. Yeah. And it's, it's really gross. Dumpster diving. They say yeah, no you, beef. Yeah. No, don't. Seafood's the first one, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, granted, it can be dangerous if you don't know what food is. Right. Uh, say a couple top sirloins and a styrofoam with a little moisture, um, like basically a disposable blood rag underneath them. And then yeah. that's what it is, right? They attach it to the is. bottom of the thing. Um, <laughs> and then they, they cover that in, in cellophane wrap, right? That's how it is in the dumpster too, with the manager's special sticker on it that says 30% right. off. So it was thrown out that day. Um, in the wintertime, for example, it's negative 40 here in Winnipeg and it got flash frozen. Oh, right. So, so you've got frozen meat. I have frozen meat. Um, even in the, I will take meat in the summertime because your body will tell you surprisingly enough. Like uh, as it vomits and no, <laughs> no your nose. <laughs> oh, you, that's what you mean. Yeah. So your eyes and your nose in order. 
eyes, right. nose, mouth. Absolutely. Your body Absolutely. is really smart. So you look at the food, right? What color is it supposed to be? Is it that color? If not, have a second thought about it. Two, does it smell the way it is supposed to smell? Maybe not. If, it do, if meat doesn't smell the way it's supposed to smell, I guarantee you, you will not cook it. You'll be, right. you, won't, you won't want to. The fact of the matter is that I haven't, um, I haven't ever run into any rotten meat in the dumpster. Do you find that you get the one that's like the same day? So like how frequent are you dump, uh, urban foraging? Uh, <laughs> uh, dump, dump. I was dump, just about to say it. You know? Yeah, that's like, fine. That's fine. It kind of depends. Uh, and it depends mostly on what we have that's fresh. So it doesn't take many dives to end up with uh, multiple chest freezers full of everything that can be frozen from, you know, you, you, get, you get a whole bunch of broccoli, so you blanch it, right? You just quit, you do the little two-minute boil, and you bag it up and freeze it. So you run your own little processing plant, uh, and it, eventually you're stocked so full you, have, you don't have any food needs for the whole winter, just like people used to do, right? They would can things, they hang things that dry them. So all of those things we reinvent for our own purposes. They're just not used when you pull it out of the garden. They're used when you pull it out of the garbage. Um, that was a good point that you made. So I was going to ask you about broccoli and about, like, you're not going to, so you blanch that, then you freeze it. So you're killing yeah, bacteria if there sure. is bacteria yeah, and, on And it. freezing fresh broccoli is not a good idea anyway. The cell material is going to burst open when it freezes, and then you have a mush when you go yeah, to cook it. Yeah. But if you blanch it, it'll hold some form, freeze, and just like you buy a bag of frozen broccoli, that's what they do to it. They blanch it. So, or whatever the other term is, I don't know. My grandmother said blanch, so I trust yeah. her. My grandma says blanch too. Great. That's, it's, <laughs> it's North America wide. Uh, uh, yeah, so food storage is a big one. Understanding how to store food, what you can do, what will dry. It's really nice um, in Winnipeg there is uh, ample opportunity to dry things hanging them. They don't generally begin to mold. Um, in more humid environments, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's low humidity throughout the wintertime. Almost anything dries when it's hanging up. Um, so yeah, back to that list. So the number one scary thing is things that you're not going to wash with soap. Okay, so, so lettuce any, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, those, those types of things. And then everything else that has either a husk or a rind or a shell or whatever, I can literally just run it through a bath of soapy water. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, I have several friends who don't even do that, but I generally do because I kind of care about aesthetics and I like my food to look great. Other people just rinse it, you know. We generally use a pretty standard antibacterial soap uh, just because you might run into something that is – is pretty gross right we we haven't like being all on in all honesty i've never been sick not once i've never had food poisoning i got food poisoning uh, several years ago when i went to a a potluck breakfast and i'm pretty sure it was like the deviled eggs you know because right. one of them tasted just a bit funny and i left it on my plate but i was really sick like a day and a half later um mm. but I've eaten almost exclusively garbage for three years and I have not once had food poisoning. You get all of your grocery items from the dumpster? Yes. That is, so your grocery bill 
is what I choose it to be. Come on. So if I want, like, if I, if I'm not willing to be flexible, then I would need to buy something. Right. Because you're okay. Yeah. I get that. Right. You're not going to find a five pound bag of rice once a week. <laughs> no, but have you? Yeah. Yeah. The, the big, like, um, the big yeah. 18 kilo mesh yeah. bags. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But why would they throw those out? It's got Maybe a hole it, in it. Got a hole in it. Got to throw yeah. it out. Yeah, got to throw it out. So any of those types of things, they get things get thrown away. Lots of stuff. Now, yeah, granted, you know, there we do buy some things. We choose to buy some things, but um, we wouldn't have to. Do you ever find to. like um, diapers in there, like the boxes of diapers? Boxes of diapers. It's pretty rare, actually. Yeah, you wouldn't find something like that. There'd be no reason why someone would throw a grocery store would throw something like that out or formula. <laughs> no, we find a lot of formula. Like if we find more baby food than most things. We even we had uh, several people that we know they have young children, so we we gave them a year supply of that. You know those the numbered step. Yeah. Like cereals or whatever, different yeah. grinds and stuff. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. fruit and whatever. We found. Yeah. Wow. One, one time we went, we found, well, more than once we found so many of those. So I'm on the, I'm on all the lists that the Canadian government sends out for recall warnings and listeria warnings and stuff. So I, I get an email notification that tells me this product is no good. Um, I have only found one of those to actually like actually seen one that I said, Oh, that's why that stack of that is there. It's because it's on this recall list. And they maybe didn't ship it back, and so they just threw it in their garbage. Um, chances are that won't even make you sick, but I want to make sure that I'm not pulling anything into the house that's on that list. Well, you would, you would do some research on that, wouldn't you, Nathaniel? You'd say, okay, if it's on the, if it's on the recall list, why? What's in it? Yeah, what, the, the way the recall list works why? actually is it's, it has an allergy list. It has like um, there's one for toys and things where maybe there's a small part that detaches, so that's the wrong age group listed on the toy. Um, and then there's one for um, uh, recalls by processing plants, food that may be contaminated in some way. Um, so the allergen one, like there's a lot of may contain milk and may contain peanuts that come through there. I don't, I'm so lucky. I don't have uh, any dietary restrictions. Right, right. Uh, and so I don't care, right? Okay, it has milk in it. Great. <laughs> Uh, for me, it doesn't matter. But if it does say, you know, like this brand of whatever from here um, may have salmonella. Okay, if I see it, not touching it. I don't. I don't need to have. It's funny. I don't need to have a risk. Was what was going to come out of my mouth. But uh, I know. most people like, listening to this are like, you're all risk all the time. You, your name is not Nathaniel. Your name is risk. <laughs> my name is risk. Uh, risk management. That's what it risk is. Management. It, risk management. But um, so. How did you get into this and how long um, ago? Yeah. So in, in, I lived next to a Frito-Lay distribution factory when I was in high school. And let me tell you about free chips. Okay. Uh, so if a, if a bag of chips has a date stamp, it's at the distribution factory in a pallet and it's not going to make it through the transportation system all the way to your local, whatever gas station so that you can pay a lot for a bag of potatoes. Um, it goes in their garbage. So we would just roll up with the, with the mom's minivan. <laughs> the mom's minivan. Yeah. And hop out flashlight. Holy cow. 
look at all these chips, wavy lays for years, and just throw them in the van and go home. That's so unhealthy. It's terrible. Now I get excited when I find, you know, red peppers. Which <laughs> you is get pretty, excited when you find red peppers. It's pretty frequent, but that's, uh, I leave chips there. Or like, you know, you find a bag of Cheetos and you just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just open it and pour it just over your head and leave. Face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what about the seasonality of everything? Like there's seasons for everything. So you find yourself, you know, you're not really eating in season because, you know, I'm sure there's strawberries coming out of there, blackberries, and they're charging like, you know, so much money for mm-hmm. these small little like the small little container yeah yeah is you know six bucks or four dollars four to six dollars some somewhere around there yeah yeah it's, it's insane um so do you find that you eat more seasonally well yeah you're gonna have a glut of the thing that's in season so when the bc cherries come out i could eat cherries and a lot of cherries yeah so you go to enough places that stock cherries and you can't process them fast enough you just have cherries and if i go more than once a week uh, you had asked that question before but if, if i go more than once a week we just don't have enough space in our house to put all the food okay okay so are you the only one this seems like mecca to me and it's no like- no this is i, I don't want to i don't want to put the kibosh on like the idea of like this is an amazing thing i think that it's a it's one of many ways to deal with a problem that's way bigger than me uh, yeah, most of the time when, when I take someone for the first time, my goal is actually to kind of convince them of what you just thought right there. This is incredible. I can't believe how much food it, there is wasted. Who would throw this out? Those are the types of questions I want people to be asking. And then I get them hooked and I tell them, you're not really looking for candy. You know that, right? Like you want to find things that are good to eat. Like leave the candy where it lies. Leave the candy, get the red peppers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I would imagine then winter's the better time because if you're looking for meat, meat is going to be, you know, flash frozen, especially when you're in Winnipeg or whatever. Yeah. So zero is my favorite actually, because zero means that things are cooling off when you get them. Um, but uh, negative 40 means that all of your apples, everything is frozen. Right. And yeah. so you can't, your, your fresh, your supply of fresh things uh, becomes more limited the colder it is outside. It's pretty amazing how long it takes um, a bin to cool off that's full of uh, room temperature items. It maintains the temperature for quite a while. Wow. So, so you, can, you can hop in you know, late in the evening and still find things that are not frozen. Spring and fall, you don't have the metabolic, the microbial metabolic things sped up by the temperature. Um, they're slowing down, so things last longer, but it's not freezing. So it's like the best of both worlds. So your spring and fall are the, are the best times. And you're doing this like um, grocery store, bakeries. I, so do, I do grocery stores. Have you ever taken this information and just gone and talked to the manager at the grocery store and said, look, you have your nodding. So tell me about that. Like, let, give me the, the details. Okay, there's a couple different responses. Uh, one is... Uh, uh, that has happened in the past is great. I'll meet you out back. We'll box it up and you can decide what you want. You can throw the rest in the, in the garbage. What time will you be here? That's an intelligent way to do it. Sure. That, that makes it safer for everybody and it lowers the grocery store's garbage bill. Um, so that's one, one option. Smart, smart, just move it. 
There's the other model where you go in and say, uh, yeah, we can't, we can't do that if we cannot guarantee it's for animal consumption. I've also stood behind a store and had a very amicable conversation on my side with a manager who was threatening to call the police on me, saying that I was costing the public thousands because I will end up in the hospital. His thing is, if I end up in the hospital, he has to pay for it, right? Okay. So he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm costing the public money because I'm, I'm in his dumpster. He wasn't even all that mad about trespassing, but he also threatened me with that one. Do, have you ever been arrested? No, 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 no. Not even close. Not even close. Like, I've not even been threatened by a police officer. They say thank you and have a good night. So who's doing this? Like... You've got uh, friends that are doing this. Yeah, yeah. They're they're maybe mothers and fathers. Are they? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I do have a, a lot of contact with single mothers. There's a lot of single mothers who have found that like this is a this is a decent way to like save a little money, and I don't fault them for that at all. And oftentimes, like, there's a there is like a Facebook group here in in Winnipeg that that does dumpster diving, shares um, pictures and locations. And oh, yeah, I, locations. So they're saying, hey, well, like, let's say really great. It's got some good stuff in it or whatever. Like, yeah. So one of the one of the uh, one of the food banks is a gold mine for for garbage that is edible. And it's oftentimes in very large quantities. So there was one one night, for example, we found uh, boxes upon boxes of Havarti, the big blocks of Havarti cheese. I love it. And so we oh, it's great. It's so, it's so good. good, isn't it? Like the jalapeno yeah. one. Oh, that's is, delicious. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. Do you get that a lot? Like, do you find that a lot? Like fine cheese? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. And on, another thing on my list, cheese is super low. Cheese mold is like penicillin, right? You can just straight up eat that. It tastes different, but it's, <laughs> you, you're, you got the ear face, right? What do you think? Okay, and he says, like, but it tastes different. And yeah, I'm like, do you yeah. like, here's the question. Do you like gorgonzola? Uh, or any yes, type of blue cheese? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay, okay, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just if it starts to mold, you know, maybe put it in something and uh, let it mold the rest of the way. And then you have your very own special blue cheese. Well. Shave the outside off. Great. You have this nice marbled blue just cheese. Just keep doing that. I'm going to... Oh. I finally hit your gross point there. You, you were did. Just, you hit my, my gross... Okay, so can we unpack that? Walk sure. me through it. Tell well, me. Because I'm having... Here's, a, here's a great reaction. cheese. You know, the, you know the ones that come in a, uh, a wax wrapping? Yes, I do know those ones. That's a perfect shelf cheese. Like you put that on the shelf, let that mold. Like, obviously, put some of them in the freezer. They're fine. Put some in the fridge. Eat them right away. But if you have 80 of them, see what happens if you, well, like, well, go I further along the cheese-making scale. I have 80 of those, number one. <laughs> that would be a you problem. That's definitely not a me problem. Yeah, but- so I guess, I guess part of it is that when you have that and you start to study how food is made and various types of food, where they come from and stuff, then you start to say, well, hey, I could try to do that, too. Um, that's not an impossible thing. But this goes back to the original thing that you said a long time ago when we started our conversation. You said grocery stores do not teach you about the food. Yeah, yeah. And so if they did, and we're not talking about, you know, the, the, um, I used to be one of those demo girls when I was younger, you know. Hanging out with Jamie Oliver? Yeah, yeah, like, hey, do you want to try Oh, that? yeah, with the, like, like, the demo like to try yeah, a little, like, a Ritz cracker with a piece yeah, of cheese on it. Exactly. So I used to do that. And, but, um, 
that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about saying, you know, this cheese, like what you just said, if it's wrapped in wax paper, but here's the thing, the risk is too great for them. If yeah. to leave people to their own devices, you mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, the kind of individual who might say, you know what, I really value this. This is something, this is a part of me that I actually, I place a high value on knowing where things come from and knowing, you know, so you're going to follow the process of your food. Right. There's other people that aren't going to do that. Right. And they're so, risk averse too. And, and, and they're risk adverse. Hello. And uh, <laughs> no, it, it is fine. But there are some things I'm taking away from this that are, that are changing how I feel. And, and it wasn't, Nathaniel, that I went into it with like a, ew, gross. I'm never Mm -hmm. doing that. It was more about me saying, this is actually very intriguing to me. Yeah, right. And to see and talk to somebody like yourself who, so how many years did you say you've been doing this for? Well, like, I mean, anywhere between, I guess, 16 or 14 and, and, and four. I don't know. Like off and on for the last 14 years. Okay. So, okay. So between, like in, like, in is, university, that, like, is that a dumpster's dozen that you give me right yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. So in, Anywhere in, uh, between four and 14 years, that's a yeah, dumpster's so, dozen. Like, yeah. So uh, you were talking earlier. I found it interesting. You were, you were saying like it hits this sort of um, uh, moral or ethical fiber. Like you're kind of repulsed by the amount of food waste. I was. Um, yeah, there's a kid. I, I was there's a kid in uh, BC, Justin Kulik. He just took like 165,000 signatures to Ottawa, to the Minister of Agriculture, and his what he wants to do is implement a France esque model. Like food waste should be outlawed. That's what he thinks. He's he's 17. Give the kid, you know, like the nuance of it. I think maybe might be lost on him as to which models work the best to curb food waste, but he wants to do something. And I listened to the the Minister of Agriculture like respond to the meeting in public, and I was really disappointed. Like, hmm. it's all like we'll take this into consideration, and it will inform our future choices. You know, in parentheses, yeah. to do nothing at all. Uh, and the poor kid had to print out boxes of paper because yet for some reason you have to take your signatures in printed form, or the government decides you're not worth listening to. Uh, oh. Those those types of things are. Like he's on to something, uh, you know. Teenagers are, um, uh, they're BS sniffers, right? They, I have a whole bunch of them in my house. Yeah, they <laughs> they have a keen ability to look at hypocrisy and see it straight for what it is. Like you are not, they don't have the um, uh, uh, cognitive dissonance thing running full bore all the time. So uh that's a huge advantage if you have someone you know use some of that energy that you and i might not have uh do i think that the france model of outlawing is the best not necessarily italy also put a model in uh into place that allows businesses to record their donations with a simple form so they they streamlined that um they took away all the sanctions of giving away food past its sell-by date uh, and they allow business to pay less tax uh, the more that they give away. Um, the farmers also can give away unsold things to charities. And the agriculture like um, ministry or whatever is re- researching better packaging, 
right? So they're spending money, they're giving money back to people who are doing uh, uh, doing better with their food waste through tax incentives. It's basically France's model is punitive. Italy's model is trying to be incentivizing. The government has two things, right? They have a stick and they have a dollar. That's it. They're pretty simple things that are running, right? They either pull out the military. That was the stick side. Yeah, they pull out the military or they give you back money or right. they don't tax you, right? So they either right. incentivize or, or it's punitive. Um, so the, the other incentive that they've tried to do is change the doggy bag idea to a family bag, um, suggesting that people, when they eat at a restaurant, should take their leftovers home. Um, and you can do your own research as to which model has been more effective. But uh, I tend to lean towards the incentivizing model. Like I would really like to see a business owner take on Loblaws. Like I have a better grocery store and I believe in it so much that I'm going to get on board with me. These generally more fiscally conservative, wealthy people who are investors, uh, who are really hard to convince, but I have a good enough model that I'm going to take, I'm going to take on the system. And, and in 10 years, you're going to see in your, in your town, because you will not want to go to Costco anymore. You will not want to go to Walmart anymore. Any of the stores that are really big in food, you'll say, nope, this is the better, this is the better store. So I'm looking for that creative person at the same time as I'm expecting the government to say, here are the ways we can incentivize the individual. I'm also looking for the kid like Justin to say, look, this is ridiculous. Sign my petition. Um, I really like the idea that there are multiple ways to get involved. Um, but I do, I do understand on the other side of things, um, when it comes to government involvement in food waste, there's, and just environmentalism in general, there's a really great book by Catherine Harrison. Uh, it's UBC Press in the year 2000 called Passing the Buck. Um, and in chapter two, it starts out with this theory about how government implements things. And I think it's, I think it's really important to, to acknowledge why it's so hard to convince a government to act on, uh, on something like food waste or any other environmental issue. Uh, governments tend to localize the benefit or the cost of something or the reward of something, right? And then they disperse the, the cost of it. So here's a current example. A Calgary wants to put in an Olympic bid for the Winter Olympics. They need $3 billion from the federal government. That's from you and I. Neither of us live in Calgary. So they disperse the cost of a program that's benefits are localized. That is government policy 101, right? Well, the issue with that is that when you have an environmental policy, it doesn't take very long to figure out that it's actually the exact opposite of that. Um, the, the best environmental policies that we've come up with so far localize the cost on a large polluting industry or on an area, uh, maybe people who are traveling too far. They live too far outside of the city and they're commuting in. So you're going to charge them all a dollar when they cross a certain point. Uh, that's localizing the cost for an extremely distributed benefit of clean air or you know, uh, less polluted water or something that's pretty hard to quantify and is a public good, unquestionably so. Right. Uh, food waste the same way. We, we waste less food. Everybody saves money. But where is that money? Right. Where is it? Where did it go? It's, 
it didn't. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not a localized benefit. You're not feeling it uh, yourself. Uh, for good or bad, so you don't know whether to vote for or against this. It's but a non-quantity. It, it would make it feel better if I knew that that culling box was, you know, being handed off to a homeless shelter, or right. you know, you'd feel better. You'd feel like it was doing something because, like you said, there was and is someone that is actually picking that item. They're they're. They're taking their man and woman hours mm -hmm. and they're putting their hand to that, whether it's yeah. driving a machine, whether it's putting it into the box with all the garbage that, you know, the styrofoam and the terrible packaging. Mm -hmm. But someone is touching that. And so it's like you said at the beginning, it's almost disrespectful to, yeah, yeah. you know, to that person who works so hard to not follow it through its whole cycle to the yeah. end, which could yeah. be. I don't entirely disagree with you, but I want to, I want to turn it just a bit to the side because I, I firmly believe that like what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Nathaniel, uh, yeah, okay. So here's the, the side. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, I firmly believe that I have the privilege to eat out of the garbage. Uh, I can choose what I do. And I also firmly believe that if the Canadian standard right now is that we do not and we're not comfortable eating things past their due date, then I do not want to feed a single homelessness experienced person anything past its due date. I would agree with you. But didn't you say at the beginning that the due dates were just for... Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. The standard is wrong, but it is the standard. So what I'm trying to avoid, yeah, we need to change the standard. We need better labeling, better packaging, all of that. Uh, but that's our work as people who yes, um, you're right. You're totally have, right. have some privilege. Um, but if, if currently the date stamp says you're not supposed to eat it past July 15th. Then don't. Don't. Do not. And, and don't give it to people. But you who... can, yeah, I can choose to eat it because I can also choose not to eat it. But if I'm someone that's standing in line for food, and you give me something from yesterday, no, that's, that's it's demeaning. Good. It's, uh, I would agree with yeah. You. So I and, and don't, and I, I can see how you would turn that on its side after what yeah, I said, yeah. which it's just, uh, a, it's just a little deviation. I still totally a think deviation that I probably should have clarified. Um, because, <laughs> you know, someone's going to write in and be like, are you kidding me right now? No, you know what? Really? Like most people, most people say, well, can't we at least give this food to people who need it? And I say, yeah, like you, you know, I you, need it. You're you right. need to eat too, right? But I need, and then, and I then you the money you save, you can give. Then, what's that? I need someone to be honest about the due date. Then, yeah, exactly. But you, you know can also I mean? like the money I save by getting this food. I could maybe give to something that Absolutely. helps people. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making sure that I didn't get any uh, hate mail. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got around this out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, don't give any, don't give anybody my address. That way, no. I won't get any either. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I won't. Trust me. <laughs> so we have clarified that I actually would never, and I do not condone um, giving expired food to anybody. If I'm great. not going to do it, I'm not asking anyone else to do it. I love it. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, um, this has been 
a fantastic conversation. Good. I really appreciate it. What do, before we go, what do you want, what do you want people to know? Just to quickly unpack it, what, if you had a list of things that you would want people to know, what is one of them? This is, this is a, that's something I want to pass along to other people. Okay. If it's one, if it's one thing, yeah, it's, it's still treat others the way that you would want to be treated. That deserved a pause. Cause I think that's important. Yeah. It's a pretty simple thing. I, it just, it, if you expand it far enough, you start to live differently. <laughs> oh yeah. And you do. You're right. Yeah. Wow. yeah if, if, if it includes the lettuce farmer, right? To go back to that one. It's the lettuce farmer. Yeah, then you start to do things differently. Then you will do things differently. And I, I know I will. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And have a, have a great day. You too. Hopefully we'll see you again sometime. <laughs>